I'm Ken Young. This is Listening Studio Colorado. About five months ago, I had just learned about a few drag kings in the community that I really had never heard of. To be honest, I've always known more drag queens and have a few friends that do drag, but I wasn't as familiar with the drag king side of the community, and I wanted to change that and get familiar with other entertainers who are making an impact on our Colorado community. And that's when I started following Dustin Schlong on social media. Dustin had just started his transition journey as a trans man, and I love that he was sharing his stories and comments about his experience. I'd, I'd never seen that. I'd never seen anyone um, going through their transition experience so openly on social media. And one night while I was working on some production for this podcast, I saw a live video pop up on Facebook, and it was Dustin in a hospital bed, and I started watching him explain his diagnosis with ovarian cancer. All right, this this is going to be my last attempt at doing this. For some reason, the app on my phone keeps quitting. Really not looking forward to chemo and all of that stuff. But on a positive note, if something happens and I do have to lose my hair, then, I mean, at least I'll have some, I won't have any eyebrows for, you know, drag and shit, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's positive, I guess. Since that live video, I've seen the community come together to support Dustin on his road to recovery, and I made it a point to track down Dustin and talk about his journey. And he agreed, and we finally caught up recently at Pride and Swagger to have a little chat. Thank you so much for taking time to speak with us today. I really appreciate you dropping into uh, Pride and Swagger here. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, not only are you a member of the LGBTQIA plus community that stands out to me personally, um, you know, I just started following you probably, I don't know, six months ago on social media, but I can tell that you make a huge impact in the lives of uh, many people in the Colorado community. And it was important to me to have you on as a guest, and I'm, I'm thankful that you've uh, taken the time to join us here today. Are you from Colorado? Yes, uh, born and raised. Yeah. <laughs> One of the few. <laughs> what was that like for you growing up in Colorado as a native? Oh, I love it here. Um, yeah, my parents both moved here when they were pretty young and just grew up out in Littleton where there's like no fences, just animals and nightlife, and, like no nightlife or anything. Right. And um, I just... Colorado is such a special place for me. Like we may not have an ocean, but we have like hiking and winter fall. We have all the seasons, and it's just I'm really lucky to have grown up here and be able to experience it my whole life. But all the people that have moved here need to learn how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that absolutely. I'm I'm from Colorado myself. I actually grew up in Littleton oh, as well. Awesome. Uh, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, when did you start your journey as a drag king in Denver? Uh, just turned uh, hit my two year uh, birthday a couple weeks ago. Actually, not too long really compared to a lot of people in the scene. <laughs> this is uh, the first time I've had the chance to meet with you personally, but I can tell uh, that. 
you know, especially from your social media presence, that you're a fighter and you're not afraid to say what you feel and stand up for what you what you believe in. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, um, especially with drag. Like, drag started out as like a protest and having meaning. So. I'm really, it's cool that I can, like, reflect that in my performances and, like, social media presence. Like, when you're given the opportunity to have a voice in a community, it's good to put it to a good cause and get some use out of it. Absolutely. When it comes to strength, you've had to face one of the biggest challenges life can throw at anyone, and that's cancer. As of our interview today, I believe you have two weeks left of chemo? Yeah, just under two weeks yeah. now. So. I'm sure you're excited about that. So <laughs> Can't even imagine how excited I am. It's, yeah, it's been a rough couple of months, and I'm happy to yeah. finally see the light at the end of the tunnel of it. For those of our listeners who, who don't know about this experience, uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, so back in April, actually on April 21st, I um, my partner a lot of people know Evelyn Evermore, um, had to rush me into the emergency room at four in the morning because um, I was experiencing some really extreme side pain. Um, it was kind of funny. Initially, when we were dealing with it, we were looking up, uh, we were Googling how to um, like get farts out because we thought she it was thought just going gas. Yeah, like we were like, oh, you ate something like stupid. Like, it's nothing. You're fine. Like, just fart it out and it'll be good. <laughs> and then like, fell asleep just hoping I'd wake up and everything would be fine and I had to work the next day and everything and I even work in the cannabis industry so 420 weekends a really good time to get sick yeah um but got rushed into the hospital and by 10 a.m I was going in for an emergency surgery to have a 25 pound tumor removed from my ovary um so kind of to visualize that it's it's the same size as a baby manatee. It's crazy. I mean, you even posted a, a photo on, on social media. We, yeah. won't, we won't put it on the website, but... Yeah, it's, but it's huge. Yes. It's like, check it out on my Facebook if you want to see that right. thing. Follow, follow you on Facebook and you'll see it for sure. Um, that's crazy. I mean, sure, surely that's... Uh, you were scared. Yeah, like, didn't really know what to expect. Um, when I rushed into the hospital, um, I was greeted by a bunch of doctors immediately questioning my stomach because it was really extended. And it was kind of weird timing how everything worked out because um, back in November, I started uh, my medical transition, mm -hmm. so I testosterone. So testosterone makes your body shift, and you like if you don't eat well, you can get a like dad bod. So I thought, okay, whatever. Like, I haven't been eating well. I just gained weight from that. It's no big deal. It's fine. Just go sure. to a gym and you'll fix it. And so the doctors kept asking me, like, what was going on with it? And I just kept explaining to myself, like, I'm trans, I'm trans, I'm trans. Like, it's just my body. It's fine. And never expected what came of that night. Um, initially, when I got the tumor removed, it was, um, they said it was a benign tumor. So I was excited about that and was just going to have to recover from the surgery. Uh, then about four days later, the doctors came in to my room and gave me the whole sit down. That's when I learned that if a doctor comes in with a chair, that's not a good sign. Not good. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. Um, so I was diagnosed with stage 1C ovarian cancer. And as a trans man, that's a really fun one to have to And weren't you with. worried that 
the shots were somehow involved with that or? Yeah, um, initially the doctors did take me off of my testosterone shots because um, if you don't watch your testosterone levels properly, it can start converting to estrogen. And if it converts to estrogen, it can cause like a whole bunch of different things. Like there's not a lot of studies out there right now, unfortunately. Um, but they were worried that it was converting to estrogen and then the estrogen was developing like an excess in my body and developing the tumor basically. So um, it took about a month and a half, I want to say, for them to test the tumor and find out that it was 0% estrogen positive, which meant there was the shots didn't affect it. There was just really crazy timing. And um, after talking to my primary doctor, she actually um, did some research and found out that testosterone, as long as it's not converting, can be a preventative matter for um, like cancerous cells. That's interesting. So there's not a lot of science out there, so it could have helped me, it could have hurt me, but it's hard to say. (laughs) But it's important that you work with your doctor to check everything out, make sure make sure that the process is going well. 100%. Um, (laughs) I think it's amazing that you've managed to push yourself to continue to entertain through the entire process of of your chemo. You've done fundraisers, uh, you've put on a few performances, and it sure seems like the community has also come together to help support you and and raise you up. Yeah, it's... This past few months has really shown me a good taste of what this community is truly capable of when something happens. And like, I wish it wasn't me on the end of it, and but um, it's amazing. Like, from performing, like, I, for me personally, I'm just a very hyper person. I can't sit still very long, and having a doctor tell me I have to lay in bed for, like, weeks on end is, like, the worst news I could ever get. So getting back out and, like, attending shows, performing in shows, and just being there has kind of helped keep me sane through everything. And... Though there have been some times I probably shouldn't have performed, <laughs> um, it's like mentally have helped out yeah. immensely getting through all of this. And then on the other side, like the community has like put on multiple benefit shows. Um, like Kylie Michaels did her show one night at Expar, which is um, a huge like important show to me because um, it's queer church and it's kind of like a family night where everyone comes together. And that night back in May was amazing. We shaved my head to raise money. <laughs> I had a bunch of like my closest friends that were performers in the show perform. And um, just the sense of love that night was really reassuring to see and feel. And Jessica Lahore has risen up and did an event for me at Hamburger Mary's with her We Are Family. Yeah. Like mine was actually the first one to kick off that mm-hmm. series. Mar and at T for T, Novelli from Coven, just all of these different show producers have taken time from their like the, their shows pay, their cast, their time, their everything, and were willing to set aside a night to help me like stay on track with bills and everything, and just like love and support. And on top of it is so. Uh, I wish I could like <laughs> properly repay everyone in this community for it, but. It's, I can understand that. And it's been part of your healing process tremendously. Oh, definitely. I've brought this up in my other interviews only because I think it reflects the time that we, we live in. And it's an important subject to bring up every now and then. Um, I think as a community, we tend to 
only pay attention to our letter groups in the LGBT community, and we don't often reach out to the other letter groups in our community. Um, do you feel that our Colorado community is making progress as far as being more inclusive and re um, reaching out to our trans brothers and sisters? It's definitely getting better. Um, unfortunately, especially in like the Denver scene, there are some portions that still have issues and they're still vocal about it, yeah. which to me is mind-blowing that as a queer community, like we can actually be against other queer people. Like right. we already have the whole world fighting against us and an administration that's like not doing anything for us. Like the least we can do is support each other. Um, it's awesome that we've made great steps. Like speaking as a trans person, I can say that from going out to bars and just like dealing with people on a day-to-day -day basis, like overall I feel like safe and welcomed by the community. So like it's great that it's evolved so much to that, but still got some steps to make. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we're very vocal about certain things, um, oh, raising so. our voice, but when it comes to taking action, certainly the community has a little little ways to go. Yeah, That's everyone will sound off on like Facebook and Absolutely. everything and say what they need to say, but when it comes to like stepping out there and taking that action, that's yeah. definitely need to make some moves. Put your money where your mouth is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who in our community have been the biggest influences in your life? Ooh, man. Um, I'd say one person in particular that has been there since I first got into drag would be Onyx Steel. Mm -hmm. um, they're been a drag king for 22 years now, which yeah. is insane with my two years, <laughs> and um, got me into drag for the first time ever, and got me in, booked in my first show. They've, and then from there, they're also involved in the community and doing really good big things aside from just performing on stage. Like they make their voice known, they make their presence known, they lead Dyke March. They're a part of the Parasol Patrol. They're running different community fundraiser events for people. They always, since they've met him, have always have been doing something to help someone. And I really look up to that. And we were actually talking since they were speaking about their retirement and everything, like handing off the reins and everything. And so we've been going back and forth, kind of seeing what's going to happen with the future of like drag kings and it is exciting to see like where it's come from where like onyx has been to like where we're at now um so i look up to onyx a lot in that sense um as well as like jessica lahore just she is a community just leader and every time she releases her schedule at the beginning of the month i have an anxiety attack for her <laughs> and feel like i need to take a nap because <laughs> my like 10 shows a month compared to her like 70, 80, 90, 100. I don't know how many are on that sheet. It's insane. And she's still like, will be up at like seven o'clock in the morning, perky, ready to do oh, things, yeah. ready to hang out with like her fellow performers, ready to support a show. It's like, I never see you drinking caffeine. <laughs> I never see you like doing anything crazy, but how are you alive and functioning? Still, absolutely. <laughs> it, it, it amazes me as well. <laughs> It, um, Onyx posted something. Uh, I think she took a screenshot. There's all these notifications from <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> I like, probably like that one. It's like same. Like I opened <laughs> up mine. It was like ten invites from Jessica. It's like you know when she has a moment to actually send like, out invites. It's Jessica's <laughs> office day. She's got a moment. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think many of our listeners might know your other half. Um, I love when you post videos uh, with you <laughs> and the great Evelyn Evermore uh, out goofing off with one another. Um, what's it like to be in a relationship with uh, the hilarious Evelyn Evermore? <laughs> it's never boring <laughs> at all. It's like even like from the very beginning of us talking and like before a relationship like came to being a thing to where we are now like we're both just really awkward weird people that don't know how to function (laughs) and it works out really well like I'll never forget um, back when I was competing in Ultimate Queen Evelyn was hosting and I was just like awkwardly flirting thinking oh I have no chance like this is never gonna be a thing haha just be like hey can I buy you a shot like yeah it's like okay what are you drinking whiskey and I hated whiskey <laughs> so much. Like, I could not take a shot of whiskey. But they wanted a shot of whiskey, and I wanted to be cool and smooth. So I was like, oh, I'll just have the same thing. And I would just, like, cringe it off and run away pretty much <laughs> seconds after we had the shot. So it's like, all right, talk, talk to them. Yeah. You know, actually make a step. Like, be something other than horribly awkward. <laughs> and then, like, finally, once we started dating and everything, it was just, like, same thing, like, I could say something weird and random and off the wall and they'll just look at me and be like, oh, yeah, no, that's fine. Cool. Let's do that. Or I'll be thinking of like a really stupid drag number that just seems like it shouldn't ever be a thing. And I'll just like run it by them like, yeah, let's do that. Like, let's make that happen. It's just like always just like it could be the stupidest thing in the world and they're always supportive. We can bounce drag ideas off of each other. If I've got a gig, they're behind me with my suitcase helping me. If they've got a gig, I'm following behind, same thing, their suitcase in hand. So like we have like a little like drag, like husband, wife relationship balance (laughs) that just makes it fun. And like, then we're at home and still doing the same stupid stuff. Like, you can see all that on Instagram, like absolutely all of our random. It's wonderful <laughs> that you share that. Absolutely, I mean, you can tell that you guys really care about each other, and it's important to to show that. Oh know. yeah, you know, not everybody, and I, and there's some there's a limit where you know things are a little bit too much as far as what people post on social media, but those are good things. And yeah. I think we need more of those. <laughs> I was going to ask you about um, what you got coming up. Uh, any new shows, projects coming up? A um, whole lot of stuff, actually. Um, so um, I'm really excited. I've had this idea in the works for a few months now. Um, starting on September 22nd, right here at Pride and Swagger, we'll be debuting Just Duet, which is going to be a queer duet show. Uh, it's not going to be limited to just drag, though. It's going to be, like, comedians, burlesque performers, like, anything performance art that you can bring together. And one thing that's going to be a kind of a cool twist on it is with the kind of, like, casting setup is going to be kind of forcing people to work with different people in different styles. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll have to work with, like, a comedian and burlesque performers at some point, so... I can kind of take more interactive approach with the show than a normal like drag show would be and also like expand it to like the queer community versus just like the drag community. Um, so I'm excited to debut that. Um, hopefully down the road we'll have All Night Schlong coming back up since got to have more king shows in this city. Um, I've got a few projects coming up that I'm working on. I am going to be doing a lot of kind of initiatives for trans healthcare and um, like LGBTQ like healthcare information and support and kind of making sure that um, queer people are doing what they can to get into doctors and 
getting testing done that you need to be done, um, especially speaking from experience from my um, cancer um, over the last few months, it's good to be proactive. And I know it's, especially for the trans community, a very intimidating thing to have to deal with your body in such a vulnerable position. But don't end up like me and do what's best for your body and get that health care taken care of. Trying to step it up a little bit at the end of the year and catch up for, make up for lost time. Catch up to Miss Jessica. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. You don't think you get to that level? There's not enough rock stars and Red Bulls in the world for that. You might need another shot of whiskey for, oh, for that. Oh, yeah. A bottle. I personally feel that I, I'm moving into a phase of my life where it's, it's weird to see the drag queens that I was familiar with when I was younger starting to retire, but I think it's wonderful that you know, it's passing the torch to the next generation yeah, of entertainers. And we have a wonderful group of, of amazing entertainers, performers, and, and a, a caring, close-knit group in, in the community. And it's amazing that you're a part of it. And I really appreciate you uh, taking time to speak with us. Oh, definitely, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Are we ready? Yeah! Yeah! So I'm going to read this to you before you ring it. Okay. And it says, ring this bell three times well, the toll to clearly say, my treatment's done, this course is run, and I am on my way. Ready? Ready. Go for it. Woo! As of the release date of this podcast, Dustin finally got to ring the bell at the Chemotherapy Center. I'll post links to Dustin's social media in the description of this podcast, as well as on the website, listencolorado.com. And keep an eye out for Dustin's upcoming events. We'll also share them on social media. A huge thanks to William Roman and the entire staff at Pride and Swagger for letting us invade the bar for our chat. I'm Ken Young. This is Listening Studio Colorado. Listening Studio Colorado.